0: Welcome to the Scratch My Brain podcast, brought to you by ScratchMyBrain.com. Hi, how you doing? This is Jeff Albert, and uh, welcome to podcast number five. I know the other one just came out a couple days ago, but I was feeling the spirit, so here we go again. Um, actually, there was a, a great comment On the website today from Rob Ewing. Um, He said something about the the last podcast that uh, got me thinking and I figured I was going to be a little long winded about it. So I would talk instead of type. So here we are again. But before we get into that, I'm going to play a little music first. This is uh, something that I recorded with a band called the Albert Ancrum Project. It's a song that was written by the drummer on the recording. His name is Louis Romanos. And the name of the song is Darling. is by the Albert Ancrum Project. It's available on Lakefront Digital Records. That's uh, lakefrontdigital.com or you can get it on iTunes as well. Um, the song was written by the drummer on the track, Luis Romanos. Uh, you can find out more about him and his music at permagrin.us P-e-r-m-a-g-r-i-n.us. The other musicians on that were Jesse Lewis on guitar, Larry Ankram on saxophone, uh, me, Jeff Albert on trombone, and uh, at the time, Cassandra Ankrum on bass. Um, you'll see her listed as Cassandra Faulkner now. Um, and she's up in New York, back and forth between New Orleans and New York now. Anyway, so that was uh, that was Darling. I hope you enjoyed that. The inspiration for this podcast This specific one Being so soon after the other one Was a a comment Left about the last podcast By Rob Ewing I was talking about The Risk for Music And he mentioned that A a band that he used to play with Made a CD And the CD caught the eye of the manager Of the local tower records So he gave it very prominent placement Throughout the jazz section You know on the the ends with the all the hit records and on display at the counter and all over the place, and had it that way for at least a month, Rob says, and they did not sell one single copy which which ties into other experiences that I've had with uh, that just lead me to believe that that placement and visibility. Isn't always what sells the records. And, and I'm not sure that I know what the, the mystery ingredient is. But, um, you know, advertising. At least on the front end when nobody knows who you are. Isn't what sells the records. We did an experiment at like Front Digital with a, a local music magazine. We had bought a, a four ad deal and the end of the year was coming and we didn't really have anything to advertise with the fourth ad. So we decided we were going to run a holiday special. You know, we'll knock a couple dollars off of each disc at the time we had at least three, maybe four discs in the catalog. And, uh, we were selling them for $15 a piece. Well, we said, we'll sell them all for $12 a piece, make it a special holiday sale, use the ad and put up, a. Uh, a special directory on the website that we would only list in that ad so that we could track it and see how many people came to the website through the ad. And we did a couple of other things just to kind of see if anyone was paying attention, Uh, mentioned uh, an upcoming CD project with a piano player that we didn't have an upcoming CD project with. And, uh, And, you know, I had dozens of people tell me, Man, that's great! I didn't know you guys were doing a record with Brian. Brian Coogan was the piano player. Um, even Brian called and said, "Man, I didn't know we were doing a record." Um, so I know people read the ad. Lots of people mentioned that they saw the ad to me. Not only did it not generate any sales, I don't think it even generated any website hits. The you know we created a directory for it, which is what we listed in the ad. It was, you know, like frontdigital.com slash sale or something like that. And in the web stats, you could track the entry pages and we didn't have enough entries on slash sale to even register in the stats. And we had a couple of entry pages that had only had two or three, two or three hits as the entry page. So that tells me it was less than two people typed in that URL to come to the site. So you know, I, I can't say that that was a well spent couple of hundred dollars on that ad, and it goes back to what Rob was saying about you know having the great placement in the record store still doesn't doesn't get people to buy it, and and I'm not exactly sure what it is that people are afraid of. I mean, I know ten or fifteen dollars is a decent amount of money, but I I, I haven't figured out what it takes. To get people to buy things that they don't really know, we have to figure out how to how to convince them that they need our music without a, without spending thousands and thousands of dollars. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm just rambling about it. If you do have the answer or have ideas, please uh, you know hit the website and post them um, in the comments section or send me an email, uh, Jeff at scratchmybrain.com. And that's the website also, scratchmybrain.com. Or you could even leave me a voicemail. We could turn this into a, a call-in podcast. Um, if, if you want to give me a call at 504-285-6825, that's a voicemail-only number. So you can leave me a voicemail there. And if I like what you have to say, well, I'll put it on the podcast. We can have a, the, the call-in section, although it's sort of hard to have the back-and-forth just off the voicemail I guess that means I get the last word um, Anyway, so I, I don't know what the answer to that is What I'm trying to make uh, Part of the answer For me is uh, is Doing things With as little cost as possible So that the amount of money that you need to make To make it worthwhile Or to be able to afford to do the next one Isn't that high And uh, the duet record That I recently did with Ed Barrett falls into that category we recorded it ourselves and uh, haven't even manufactured discs it's only available for sale online as a download I've made a few I've got a few handmade discs that I'm bringing to sell at shows and stuff but that's it Um, and since I'm mentioning that I'm going to play a track off of that this is a very the shortest track on the on the album and uh, you can actually download this one for free From PepperEnterprises.com. If you pay for the whole album, it's less than seven dollars. What a bargain! Go check it out. This is called Noise. All right, that's noise. Actually, it's noise number one, although there's no noise number two on the album. It is called noise number one. That's from Duets, Volume 1, Jeff Albert and Ed Barrett. Um, only available for download from PepperEnterprises.com. So go check that out. Uh, yeah, so that's been my answer to to trying to, to keep the cost down. Uh, another approach that some people have taken to, to getting their music out, and it's an approach that I've used as well, um, is is using creative commons licensing. And, uh, it's actually, it's been quite successful for me to put music up on my website under creative commons license. So people know that they can use it. I just found last week that it was on this, this French podcast, um, that the guy took one of the live tracks that I had up in the free stuff section on jeffalbert.com and used it as the entire bed for, uh, for a conversation that he had on his podcast. And then he played one of the tracks and talked about it and it was great. And, uh, I cheated and used the translator tool on my computer to go leave them a nice comment in French, thanking them for playing my music. I I wish I had the French chops to do that just off the cuff. I did attempt to speak some French when I was in Paris years ago. And, uh, And I guess it was successful. I would try to speak French, and then they would laugh at me and speak English to me. So uh, I got what I wanted. They still got to take my money. Um, I guess they didn't think I was an ugly American. I at least tried to speak French. Um, I had a little more success in Montreal a few years ago, getting by. But uh, there were still a couple of awkward situations in restaurants and whatnot. Or I would speak enough French that they thought I spoke French and then they would really start talking to me and I was in trouble. Um, Anyway, enough about my bad language skills. The point is that the Creative Commons licensing for me has has gotten exposure for my music in lots of places um, that I really haven't had to go out and chase down. I've put the music on my website with the Creative Commons license and people have found it. Um, So that's been great. There's a, a nice interview on a podcast called Spectrum Analysis, um, and the interview is with the uh, guy named Grant Robertson, who's the guy that does the CC365 Daily Creative Commons Tune Calendar that I've talked about, um, and he has the website com. And they spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, some of the concepts behind Creative Commons and the usages. And uh, and so if that sort of stuff interests you, this would be a good podcast to check out. It's episode number two, entitled Some Rights Reserved. And that's at spectrumanalysis.org. Spectrumanalysis.org. I think I'm going to play one more song while we're on the self-promotion podcast. This is a a new tune. It's only been performed a couple of times. Uh, The title comes from my daughter. The name of the song is Ten Gallons Isn't Funny. We were in the car one day, and out of the blue she says, Ten Gallons Isn't Funny. My wife and I both started laughing. We had no idea what she was talking about. And I wrote it down. I thought, oh, that's a good name for a tune. We later found out, our stepson told us that it's, it was some line from the SpongeBob movie. Patrick asked the guy if his hat held 10 gallons and the guy beat him up or something. So Jessica figured that it wasn't funny. Um, so, that, anyway, that's a. Uh, but the name of the tune is 10 Gallons Isn't Funny. And uh, I think some of my pre-tune rambling is on here. This is recorded live at the Green Room in Covington, Louisiana, back in November. It's me on trombone, Ray Moore on saxophone, Jimbo Walsh on electric bass, and Dan Caro on drums. All right, this is a brand new tune that we've never played before. I mean, we kind of rehearsed it a little bit about twenty minutes ago. we Hey, that was Ten Gallons Isn't Funny Recorded by the Jeff Albert Quartet In November Live at the Green Room In Covington, Louisiana With uh, me, Jeff Albert on trombone Ray Moore on saxophone Jimbo Walsh on electric bass And Dan Caro on drums And uh, I recorded that Just with uh, two microphones Two MXL 991s Little cheapo small diaphragm condenser mics that I got at Guitar Center into an M Audio Firewire four ten on my iBook. And, uh, you know, for throwing two mics up in front of the band. Kinda sounds all right. Anyway, I was thinking as that was playing, I was thinking back to sort of the the things we've been talking about today of not knowing what it takes to to get people to buy new music. That the placement in the record store doesn't do it. And uh, other things like that. Uh, I did just get a an iTunes sales report. And, and my new CD1 has sort of gradually been beginning to sell a little bit on iTunes. Um, even got some iTunes Europe sales. Which leads me to believe that maybe the podcast action that it's gotten... And, you know, there was a German podcast that it showed up on in this French podcast that, you know, maybe that has turned into a sale or two. Um, You know, maybe the the attention it's gotten on the Red Jazz podcast um, has turned into some sales, you know, because I'm seeing some iTunes sales. Uh, Part of the problem with that is the way it gets reported. Um, I get into iTunes through CD Baby. And, uh, so by the time iTunes makes the sale and then gets their stuff together and reports it to CD baby, and then it gets listed, you know, the stuff that's reported in February might've sold in December or January. And, uh, so sometimes it's hard to determine if there was some factor that played a role in that sale or not, or in those sales, you know, that bump in sales that you might see, um, you know, was that because, Corey played a couple of tunes on red jazz and talked it up or, you know, was it because of whatever? Um, so anyway, so that, you know, there are things that can be done. People are buying new music or things they aren't familiar with. It's just, the trick is how do we, how do we continue to help make that happen? Um, so, you know, lay your ideas on me. I'd be interested to hear it. Those of you that have had, Successful ideas or Or unsuccessful ideas Or even better if you're not a musician And you're listening to this And you're just a someone that digs music What are the factors that That, uh, that cause you to buy music Especially that cause you to go buy things That you're not real familiar with um, You know like pretty much everybody knows What to expect from a Sonny Rollins record and uh, sometimes people don't know what to expect from a Jeff Albert record or a, a married couple record or whatever some of the other things we've played on this show so far are. So, you know, if uh, le- let me know what those factors are for you that help you decide to buy something. You can email me, jeff at scratchmybrain.com or leave a comment on the website at scratchmybrain.com. Or we'll, we'll open, up the, open up the phone lines. You can call in and leave a voicemail. And, uh, and maybe I'll just play the voicemail on the show. That might be the easiest way to do it. And that number is 504-285-6825. Anyway, thanks for listening to Scratch My Brain. And I'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Scratch My Brain. Please visit us on the web at scratchmybrain.com And as Father Valente would say, only listen to good music.